The heart of the porno district in Hollywood is the intersection of Western Avenue and Santa Monica Boulevard. Painted storefronts on Santa Monica advertise the massage parlors, adult bookstores, and skin flick movies that blanket the district. Along Western, the come on tends to be written in neon, until the parade of sex shops finally begins to give way to the eternal Halloween that is Hollywood Boulevard. As the taxi turned up Western, Kane glanced past the driver at the brown hills. The letters of the Hollywood sign gleamed white as headstones in the late afternoon sun. High above the smog, a few pale wisps of cirrus hung over the hills. He turned back to the street, looking for the address. Then he saw the sign, emblazoned across a drab two-story building in a flickering neon script. His eyes, invisible behind the sunglasses, glinted with amusement as he read, House of Oral Orgasm, French Massage from Our Luscious Hostesses, Bank Americard Accepted. A beautiful black girl, barely out of her teens, stood in the doorway, checking the street action. She wore a blonde wig, high-heeled clogs, blue hot pants over red leotards, and a t-shirt that proclaimed, There is no life east of Sepulveda. Hooray for Hollywood, Kane thought, as the cab pulled over to the curb. Out of habit, he checked the side door mirror before he got out of the cab, but he was clean. No reason for him not to be. But still, habits die hard. He remembered how his instructor at Langley used to say, The day you stop going through the drill, no matter how irrelevant it seems, is the day you can forget about living to collect your pension. He paid the driver and waited until the cab left before he walked up to the black girl, who tried to stifle a yawn and smile seductively at him at the same time. She looked at his boyish face, neat sandy hair, and well-tailored gray three-piece suit, and decided that he might be worth a very good tip, especially if he was kinky. She put her hand on his arm and purred, I'm going to show you a special good time, baby. I'm here to see Mr. Wasserman. Ain't no Mr. Wasserman here, baby, pouting her mouth. He didn't seem like a customer. Then take me to your leader, he said. My who? Anybody who'll talk to those of us living east of Sepulveda, he grinned. She smiled back nervously. She had the Watts instinct for trouble, and he looked like trouble. Hey, Freddy baby, she called over her shoulder. In a moment, the doorway was filled by the massive bulk of a huge, hairy white man, naked from the waist up, except for a Marine Corps tattoo on his arm and a single gold earring in his left ear, grinning like he ate middle linebackers for breakfast. He must have stood at least six foot six. What's the problem? Freddy said. Take it easy, Freddy baby, Kane said, craning his neck to look up at him. Tell Mr. Wasserman that Mr. Kane is here for our appointment. Of course, if he isn't here, then I'm going to turn around and walk out. Then Wasserman's your problem, not mine. Freddy's smile disappeared. For a second it seemed to Kane that there was a flicker of fear in the giant's eyes. 
But then he dismissed the thought as too improbable. As he walked inside, Freddy mumbled something about waiting and quickly stepped behind a red curtain. Kane could feel the girl's eyes watching him intently as he looked around. The walls of the tiny reception room were covered with portraits of nude young girls in erotic poses. As he absentmindedly studied the photos, the girl relaxed enough to sit down and light a cigarette. After all, he was just a man, like all the rest. It doesn't make sense, Kane thought. None of it made any sense. That was why he had come. Not so much to find out why Wasserman wanted to see him, but how Wasserman had known that he existed—